welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Hello, this is Adam Carswell, the host of Dream Chasers, and you're tuned in to the How Do They Do It Real Estate Podcast. If you like this show, first of all, you have phenomenal taste. Second of all, if you want to listen to another next level show like this, just click our link in the description and smash that subscribe button. It would be an honor for us to enrich your mind, body, and soul as well. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Preck. And today our guest is Aaron Fragnito. And he has a background as a realtor. He did fix and flips. He did short-term rentals. And then now he's transitioned over to syndications full-time. He's also one of the co-founders of People's Capital Group, where they focus on multifamily syndications. He's also a recent father of a newborn child himself and also a podcast host. So Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show, making some time for us today. How are you doing? Doing well, Aline. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. The sun is shining over here. I can't complain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, here too as well. Hard to work in an office on a beautiful sunny day like today, but that's uh, why we have a passion for these things. And so it keeps us going. Yeah. Sometimes you can uh, just go outside, enjoy the sunshine, work outside for a little bit, get some vitamin D in us, and then... <laughs> well, tomorrow I'm working from home. So I'm definitely going to work out on the patio tomorrow. But today, I guess I could sit out in the parking lot, my laptop, but I don't think that would go too well. So we'll see. <laughs> So Aaron, can you start off by sharing a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate? Sure. So I got started in real estate as a realtor, but I really read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, of course, when I was a senior in college and was on the tail end of a $85,000 education in entrepreneurship at Rhone University. Glad I got that degree, but they don't really teach you in school, at least in my experience, how to build wealth, which is pretty incredible because you're paying a lot of money to go there and get that degree. But even as an entrepreneur major, I did not really know what wealth was and how it was created, why the top 1% holds so much wealth and the rest of us get more and more jobs to try and get there. And my college advisor was like, well, you know, the best way to success is to work hard, get a job and put money away in your IRA. And when you're 60 years old, you may be able to retire and live off your IRA investment. And that was his advice to an entrepreneur major who's 22 years old. And I was like, nah, I don't know. That doesn't sound like the avenue I really want for myself. And I knew I had a passion to own real estate and own my own business and didn't know exactly how to get there. So I moved out to Colorado and I taught kids out to ski for six months at Steamboat Springs and Ski Resort. And it was an amazing time with some buddies out there. And I read more books about how to start a real estate fund, real estate syndication. I read uh, Multifamily Riches by David Lindahl. I read uh, Trump University books. He made it all seem so simple and easy to get started. So I made a list. I said, I want to own $100,000 of free cash flow in 10 years with a net worth of $1 million in real estate. That was my goal 10 years out. So, okay, how am I going to get it there? Well, I need to make connections, learn the industry, make some money, start a fund, you know. But I said, okay, well, how do I get started? So, I'm going to get started getting my real estate license. So, I went back home in 2010, got my real estate license, 
and I listed a home and no one called. And I made $500 my first year being a realtor. It was a really hard time to be a realtor. But eventually got the hang of it. I learned how to do short sales and REO properties. And I started making money that way. I started meeting a lot of investors and learning from what they're doing. And then eventually I built rapport and trust with those investors and relationships. And over time, they invested in me. I also went out to real estate networking events and started speaking there and started raising capital at those events, uh, doing a lot of deals helps, <laughs> actually having opportunities, paying people back, doing what you say you're going to do, having integrity, um, just being the deal guy, moving properties was you know good. It gave me a very a good reputation and allowed me to be the decider of many deals coming in, what to do with them, whether to buy them myself or work as a realtor. And of course, you have to make sure you know which hat you have on when you approach someone. You can't approach someone as a listing agent and then be like, by the way, uh, here's my offer. You know, you got to be careful doing that. But I learned how to wholesale. I learned how to fix and flip, did like 100 wholesales, like 50 fix and flips, did really well with the small fix and flips, didn't do so well with the high end million dollar fix and flips, learned a lot of lessons there always made good to my investors. Eventually, Seth Martinez, my business partner, and I started really doubling down on the apartment building space. We bought and sold a 25 unit and kind of grew from there, developed our own management company, and that allowed us to grow to about 150 units today, about $20 million portfolio. And my job is now to have good investor relationships, be raising capital, offering those opportunities out to our investor group and maintaining our network of 4,000 investors or so and people that connect with us and always educating, always raising capital and finding the next deal. I wanted to go back a little bit because you had mentioned when you first got started and when you were in school, they didn't really teach about wealth. And they taught like the traditional path of going to school, get good grades, work hard, put money into your 401k and IRAs. But for you, that didn't resonate well and it didn't translate into being wealthy. So what did wealth mean to you And versus there's a difference between being rich and then there's a difference against being wealthy. So for you, what was that difference and how did you differentiate that? Yeah, it was really incredible, right? After a four-year degree in entrepreneurship, he's like, get a job, work hard, retire when you're 60. Blows my mind. But yeah, I mean, that's it. That's what we're taught to do. I saw my father get on the train at 7 a.m. and get home at 7.30 at night. And he did really well. He worked his way up the corporate ladder. And we lived in a big house with nice cars and sent his kids to schools. But he worked hard for that. And about a third of what he earned went to the government every year as well. And absolutely, that's a great pathway to you know happiness, to build a career. There's a great to have that career path. And starting a business isn't for everyone. In fact, starting a business is not the only way to create wealth. Working hard in corporate America and investing wisely is even a faster way, really, to do wealth than starting a business. There's a whole like five year run up to start making money with a business. So, at the end of the day, I saw how hard my father worked, and then one day they let him go because he was old, and that's what you do with old employees. You let him go because you're paying him a lot of money, and that was that, you know. And then it was just incredible. You can work for a company for I think 30 years. And then they just, one day, that's it. He's a vice president out the door, no real reason. And I saw that and I said, well, that's not really the pathway I want to go. And also my father owned a condo in this big complex. I would always go and help him paint it between tenants and turnovers. And I always thought, man, I want to own one of these. I don't know how, I don't know why, but I want to own these big apartment buildings. These are so cool. And eventually I figured out how to do that. And it was quite hard, but I always had a passion for owning apartment buildings and just large-scale real estate. 
I saw, you know, the rat race. There's nothing wrong with that. I probably work more hours than my dad worked anyway, but, and I still have a commute, you know, like, let's be honest, running your own business is no walk in the park. You're working crazy hours. You're committing your finances toward your patience, your emotion, but you are building your own dream. And it doesn't really matter if you have your own business or you're working in corporate America, what you do with the money you make is what matters. And that's what wealth is. And I've met a lot of very rich people that are not happy and are way too busy. And I've met wealthy people that are also not happy, but I've met wealthy people that are happy and figured it out. And like one guy I was talking to, he's like, yeah, I just made enough. And I was like, I'm just going to become a really good water skier. He was really into water skiing. I'm really into dirt biking and ATVing. And I do these races with the AMA and everything. I would really focus on that. if I, you know. And that was the most amazing thing. When you meet someone who's like, you know, I really don't need to worry about money so much. So I actually do something fun all the time. And like, I still work a little bit, but like I do thing, fun things most of the time. Like those are the most amazing people. Those are the people I model after. And, you know, it's nice to drive fancy cars and the private jets and the Grant Cardones, but that's not really my style. To me, success is being able, you know what, I'm going to go to the beach with my family today, cancel my calls or whatever it is. Just being able to have that freedom. I'm going to take two weeks off and just go to Disney World, my family or whatever it is, have that freedom. And that's true wealth to me. Did you come to that realization prior to having a family, having your son and everything like that? Were you working towards that? And has that shifted at all now that you are a father of, you know, a little one yourself? I don't think I came to that true realization of like uh, family first until the baby was there and I was looking (laughs) at a baby and I was like, okay, that's why my wife was yelling at me so much. So yes, it really took that to actually see my child birthed into this world, which is an incredible thing to see. I don't think I'll ever be the same after that. And it's just, I have a funny story, actually. My wife gave birth at about 3.30 in the morning on a Saturday, and I had a sales call for 10.30 on that Saturday, that same morning. I actually woke up, was uh, looking at my phone in the bathroom, and I was like, oh, wait, I have a call now. I knew I had to call, but I was, should I cancel it? Should I not? And I was like, no. I did the call that actually the person didn't pick up, but I realized after I hung up the phone, I was like, what am I doing right now? Like my wife just had a baby. My baby's in the NICU. I'm like, just have a tiny moment here to like catch my breath and I'm working. It was crazy because I had a ton of calls scheduled for that week. It was like a very successful week. My marketing program worked out. My telemarketer worked out. I had all these calls lined up with a bunch of investors for that week. It was like a big week for me. And of course, boom, the baby comes two months early and cancel all your goals. So I'm trying to like figure out how to do all these calls between my wife giving birth. It was a six day labor process. It was complete hell for six days. And it was just really a crazy time. So I had a live presentation to do on Wednesday. And it was like in the middle of the whole thing. And I'm thinking I'm going to do this live presentation in the hospital. Oh my my goodness. Over there. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to do it, honey. Right. Like, just like quiet down. Like, let me just do this while you're giving birth. So my brain was thinking like live presentation, wife over there giving birth. Totally cool. I could pull it off. Cause like, I'm a man, I can do anything. You should see the way I pack my car when I'm moving, you know, things are falling. So like, I'll never ask for directions. No, we can do it all ourselves, right? So, and that's probably one of my flaws. So it just was incredible. I didn't realize like that this was so much more important than some 
Facebook Live presentation at four o'clock on a Wednesday, or even just one individual call with an investor. And then I realized like, do people even want to invest in a guy who's like, hey, my wife just gave birth, but you're more important. No, you want the guy who's like, hey, cancel my calls. I'm a successful real estate investor. It's fine. If it doesn't work like that anyway, it's an initial call. We're going to build a relationship. We can move the call to next week. It's not the end of the world. It's not a pressure sale. It's not a, a timely thing. So I realized it was silly what I was doing. I was trying to rush way too much into a small period of time. I wasn't putting my wife in a proper position that I wasn't being fair to her and fair to myself. And yeah, around that time, I started to realize like, wow, okay, I'm a father now. My family is first. This is why we work so hard. This is why I work to create $20 million portfolios for this purpose, for this reason now. So don't mess it up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Six days. Your wife is a trooper for sure. Oh my gosh. And she was managing our short-term rentals during that time. Oh my goodness. Mm. Her employees like just stopped cooperating because they knew she was out of town. It was crazy. They started sending us pictures of like old cleanings they did and like charging us for them. But then they actually never showed up at the property. It was a whole thing. I couldn't believe it. We were out of town for two weeks. The first thing the employees did was trick us. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Wow. How did you all, with now a new baby in tow and your wife still managing the short-term rentals, you are running a large portfolio in multifamily, and also you have your in-house management team at the same time. How are you juggling all these types of things as you've been building up your business and you know you have a newborn baby and... All these things are going on. You talked about the live and it's such a chaotic time for you right now. <laughs> Eileen, you're absolutely correct. How do I do all this? It's called wine. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well... W-H-I-N or W-I-N? Yeah, yeah, yeah. W-H-I-N-E or W-I-N-E? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both. One more than the other, but... <laughs> oh, boy. No, it's been a very uh, difficult period of time. During the pandemic, too, was a very scary time for business owners. Now, luckily, we invest in high-demand areas and apartment buildings. We actually fared rather well at the end of the day. My wealth grew by a lot, I think, because the pandemic, actually. But it was a tough time. And it was also a very complicated pregnancy with a lot of complications. And so my wife and I, we moved up to Vermont at the beginning of the pandemic. It's really a crazy story because I owned a couple properties up there. And sitting there vacant, the pandemic just happened. This was like March, two years ago. And we were like, oh, we'll go up there for a couple of weeks and wait for this to blow over. And then we'll go back down to Jersey and that'll be that. So two years later, we finally moved back down to New Jersey. And while we were up there, we started to buy short-term rental properties. I had two up there and they were going well. And uh, we saw the COVID bump and everything was renting for a lot more. So we bought 
three more properties through with my investment company. Our investors were very eager to invest in short-term rentals and new markets. So the capital was raised and very quickly, the deals were found. We bought three properties within the space of like three months. We're off to the races. And my wife developed a short-term rental management company there. She already kind of had a basic one going, but really beefed it up for now more properties. And they kind of combined with the management company I already have down here in Berkeley Heights that like does the finances and everything else. So we figured out a whole strategy to team up into a new market. We got going and then my wife got pregnant and that was a big challenge. And at the same time, we also recognized that the COVID rentals were very, very strong in rural Vermont and they actually started to slow down once the COVID started to slow down. Now, the opposite of that was property values in Southern Vermont grew by like 40% over like an 18 month period. It's crazy. So I looked like the smartest guy in the room because I bought all these properties like right here on Zillow. And then you can see it like went up like 40% and I sold them all because, <laughs> you know, sleepy rural markets don't go up by 40% over 18 months very often. And if you just bought them and now you could sell them for a whole lot more. Plus we were having challenges renting them out for what we used to be able to rent them out for. So that the cash flow was challenging and we were able to achieve better than targeted returns for our investors by selling them. And my job is to get the returns to the investors. Sometimes we do plan B, which is selling the properties. We often stick with plan A, which is buy, renovate, refinance. But in this case, all these things combined also the challenges internally with the management and the new addition to our family, we realized it's actually the best option to sell these cash out, focus on our New Jersey assets and what we have going on down here and have my wife focus on our family as well and recovering also from a very complicated pregnancy. And that's exactly what we did. And uh, now we live back in New Jersey and we have a beautiful home in New Jersey. Wow. Where is the best place that you guys have, you know, continue to build out your investor base and to spread the word about what you're doing and provide those opportunities to other people who might be interested? Well, the best place to learn about what we do is peoplescapitalgroup.com. We have a ton of information there. We have daily or weekly podcasts. We have monthly webinars. We have a bunch of educational videos. I'm actually coming out with a seven video series. So this is a video that's emailed to you every day for one week and just about how we help people invest in real estate and really breaks into it, how the top 1% invest and why we replicate that model. I also talk about how in school, we're not taught how to build wealth. That does bother me. That's part of the presentation because it's just so weird that we're not taught how to do what we're all chasing after really at the end of the day, which is wealth and money. That's why you mostly go to work and get a college degree is to be able to earn a higher income. That's like half the reason you do it. I know the other half is to you learn, but half the reason you get a degree in business is to make a good income. So it's crazy that we're not taught how to actually build wealth in school. So that's part of the video. It's also about building wealth and just our strategies in real estate. But peoplescapitalgroup.com is a great site. We have a blog there every week as well. And then if you want to qualify to invest, there is a qualification process. We actually have more investors than deals, but you do want to get on a list so we can send deals to you. You have to get qualified first. Clicking the button qualified to invest on our website is the first step in that. And you'll schedule a discovery call with me, Aaron Fragnito, and have you filled a qualification form and hopefully you're qualified to invest with us. We accept accredited and sophisticated investors. So people getting started as well in real estate also. So Aaron, how has real estate investing impacted your life? 
Well, boy, it's allowed me to support my family and provide a lifestyle that we appreciate. We're thankful to God for. It's allowed me to see all different ends of the spectrum. I own a lot of inner city real estate. I've got started in really rough parts of these cities. You know, I own buildings I've sold now, but boy, oh boy, I've seen all ends of the spectrum. You know, I work with high net worth multimillionaires and I've also seen homes you go into and you're like, should I call Dyfus? This is out of control. So it's really incredible. I've here in America, just in New Jersey alone, you could drive 20 minutes one way and 20 minutes the other way and be in a completely different world. So I've learned that, you know, inequality is the issue in America. And, and I've learned also that understanding how money works, education is extremely important, but not just a high price degree from a college university. Real education, really understanding how money works, really understanding wealth is so important but also just developing life skills as well. And we've seen how important that is. The idea of self-improvement is extremely important and keeping yourself healthy and always improving yourself just kind of goes all full circle. So real estate's influenced me in lots of different ways. And so what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? I would say stick to buying mismanaged apartment buildings and repositioning them for max value. You know, we got off track with a lot of fix and flips and we did well on many of them, but others, we had a lot of challenges. We wholesaled like a hundred properties in the space, like three years, one time with the uh, auctions where they are, the share sale auctions being great opportunities. I don't regret that, but I also understand that we got off track because the first thing we did was buy a 25 unit building with our company. And then we got more into fix and flips and wholesales and like circled back around and got back into syndications more aggressively about three years ago. So I would say, first of all, I, I wish I was faster to fire many contractors that I've hired. I wish I said no to a few deals I said yes to. No, never costs you any money. Yes, costs you money. So I wish I said no more than I did say yes a few times. And I wish I stuck a little more aggressively to that business model. Although, listen, fix and flipping a bunch of homes, wholesaling, doing the high-end flips, the low-end flips, that'll help me. I wholesale some really crazy deals too. I mean, there were some extremely big profits there also. So we learned from all these things and we were successful in them as well. So I don't regret getting off track with our business model from time to time. I learned from it, but I also think perhaps our holdings would be in even a better position if we had just stuck on track. So then what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? Perseverance. It's simple. If you can get your butt out of bed every morning and keep failing forward and not complain about it and keep that positive attitude somehow every single day. You know, I hate these gurus. They're like, it's amazing. Be a real. It's the best thing I've ever. Are you kidding me? This is a hard job. You got to know how to handle. You got to know sales. You got to be the best darn salesman in the whole world. You got to know marketing. You got to know how to analyze a deal. You got to know the whole space, management of people. So don't quit. Persevere. Be tough. Absolutely. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of that with us. I mean, <laughs> to be in the labor delivery room with your wife supporting her there and then being able to see your newborn son being born and be able to provide such a beautiful and wonderful life for your family, for children, provide this generational wealth for them, setting them up for success down the road. I mean, it's what a lot of us strive to do. You know, At the end of the day, we want to just have the choice where we want to spend it with the people we want to spend it with. I so appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your journey with us. Thanks, Eileen. I appreciate it as well. I really enjoyed talking about myself for the last half an hour. Who wouldn't? <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much again, Aaron. 
Have a good day. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.